another episode of Anatomical Precision. I'm your host, Michael Klein. I'm Chris Schlegel. And I'm Dan Riker. Welcome. Oh. Hello. Hello. So what are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about disorder. Disorder. Um, yes, this is NPR's. No. Uh, so I recently <laughs> Hello have... and welcome to the Guild Ball Hour. Yes. We will be joining and talking about many intellectual things and whether they relate to Guild Ball or not. Yes. Take it away, Mike. Um, so recently I've been listening whoa, to... Whoa, 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 whoa. I need you to take it down a notch, Mike. You're talking a little too intense for NPR. <laughs> well, I'm not Shaka Vidad um, or any other <laughs> NPR host. Um, anyway, listening, recently listening <laughs> Moving to... On. Recently listening to some uh, NPR cast, specifically the Hidden Brain podcast, and they have had some really good uh, and interesting episodes on psychology and the brain and uh, neurology and all that stuff. Anyway, they had someone on talking about the idea of the value of disorder and messiness in our lives and how it can lead to uh, positive outcomes. Uh, and it was really interesting, and uh, it kind of inspired me to see how that could be applied to um, Gilball, or if it could be applied to Gilball at all. So, with that, um, let me summarize basically the idea of the podcast and how it was structured. Um, it was basically some anecdotes about the idea that when there is disorder... In our lives, when things don't go right, when things are messy, if we're able to, you know, it forces us as humans to problem solve, to think of creative solutions, to find ways around the inherent disorder and chaos um, to come to some kind of positive outcome. So in that, that kind of engages our brain and forces us to kind of step to the next level and perform better or to have, you know, better ultimate outcomes even though the path there might have not been as easy as it could have been if things were very simple and orderly and a great example that was given on the podcast um was the idea of uh, of a famous jazz pianist who um was supposed to play a concert at this venue and mm -hmm. he was told you know was given the my the piano a couple hours ahead of time piano was you know Pretty beat up, bad shape. Pretty jacked up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, not all the keys were working, et cetera, et cetera. It just was a, it was, it was a bad deal. So he was initially refusing to play, but then eventually he was convinced to play. And it turns out the you know, the concert that was recorded ended up being his best selling album of all time because uh, he was a he was like an improv jazz pianist. So it, he kind of just made it up as he went. But because of the fact that he couldn't use all the keys and the pedals were sticking and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He had to do all this, like all this like change to his normal way of thinking and make music that still sounded as good as possible. And he had to hit yeah. the keys really hard. He had to do all this stuff anyway, ends up that it was his best selling album of all time. Um, so first question for Dan and Chris, is this applicable to Guild Ball? I'm going to say, Chris, you should go first. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how applicable it is 
during one single game because there's a lot of factors going on within that. Like, you have something go wrong with, say, your dice. Shark fails to tackle Flint three turns in a row. <gasps> and <clears throat> it really just uh, messes you up, and there's no recovery at some point. Um, but I think it does force you at the very least to start planning around that for future games. Mm -hmm. Um, you should obviously plan around it when, during the game itself, but like, I'm going to be a lot more cautious since my game at the fall brawl to make sure Flint keeps the ball off of him. Okay. Okay, I want to hear from Dan, and then I want to get back on that point, Chris. So, go, Dan. Sure, sure. So, um, uh, coming from a background of winning tournaments, um, there's always people that kind of talk to me about, you know, how do you get ready, how do you prep, and at the end of the day, my best advice is that no matter how good of a player you are, typically at some point in the tournament, you need to get lucky. Um, something that shouldn't have happened will happen, um, and realistically, uh, more times than not, um... This embracing the chaos and uh, it is the only sign of skill that I've seen in a game like this. There are a lot of tabletop games like, uh, say, 40K or War Machine where it's all about how proactive you can be. If I can kill more of your models and you can kill of mine, I should, I'll be usually in a better position to win the game. Um, whereas Guild Ball is, is a much more reactive gameplay because of the passing of activations just as a baseline. So there will always be chaos because you can only control one-sixth of your team at a time. So the, 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 that's one of the things that makes this game so enjoyable. The fact of the matter is, is that we play one scenario, Guild Ball. That's all we do. There's no, like, well, takeouts are four points this round instead of two. Like, there's no wacky scenario packet that we have to plan around. We're always playing Guild Ball. And because of how chaotic and how random the game can be, that's where you get the real gems. When, and then even better, when your adaptive skills are better than your opponent's, that's when you get them with that haymaker out of nowhere. You're like, well, I guess I'll take the ball and score. They're like, yeah, I didn't see that. Because your adaptive skills were better than theirs. You, you didn't let the chaos get to you. You used it as a positive thing and then turned it into a way to win the game. Excellent points. I, I, I agree with you a lot on that. There's a lot of value in being able to... Um, to take the, the chaos of, of the board position, you know, of guild ball and all the things that are going on and, you know, use it and see the avenues to, uh, to victory. I want to go back to Chris's real quick though. Chris, mm -hmm. I would argue that you, uh, in your anecdote of, of the chaos of shark, not being able to, uh, tackle from Flint, you, <laughs> you argued for, taking the disorder that comes from a game and trying to learn from it and plan and create order and create um, what's it called uh, um, blanking on it right now create rules create uh, <laughs> that's not the word that not uh, heuristics heuristics there we go fancy psych word you'd get there eventually <laughs> create heuristics for uh, you know how and, and schemas for how you're supposed to approach the game uh, fancy way of saying you're trying to you know you're trying to plan that like well I know that things can go wrong if Flint gets the ball so I will just make it so like 
Flynn doesn't get the ball. Uh, you're making flowcharts is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I would argue that while that is not – I'm not saying this is not an effective skill. I think this is very much something that um, can benefit. That is – I'd say that's less of – that's not embracing the chaos and, and going with it. <laughs> that is trying – that is learning from the from what happens when things go wrong and trying to create order for future games. So to be to be fair, um, I will play devil's advocate and sure. say that fish in particular uh, typically want to have a very proactive style. They don't really have the tools typically to be super reactive. I don't know. This is from my experience, at least. Um, so when you're making flow charts, it's because you more times than not, unless you're playing like a, a super grindy Corsair game, he was using the shark example. You only have so long until your team just crumbles. So for if he can avoid any speed bumps along the way, yes, that that analysis is very helpful. For sure, yeah, yeah, no, um, what I I agree, and and I, it's good to put those rules to get those like plans in place. Um, I guess what I would say to look to see has there been a time when you've been able to actually. I'm going to give an example of a good embracing, uh, embracing the chaos and using disorder. Okay. that I saw recently from one of a, a, a newer Brewers player that I actually played a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of, I don't want this to get confused with the, with the idea of like taking low odds things. Cause it's not necessarily hand in no, hand with no, that. No, no, no. Um, however, he kind of based on the way the, the first turn was going, he, he was playing Tapper Brewers and I was playing engineer, uh, ballista engineers and mm-hmm. I was kind of giving him a, a showcase of, because um, I had played Pin Vice against him previously, and he saw that, and he wanted to see how Ballista played. So sure. I was like, okay, be ready for your guys to not do anything. And Yeah, literally the entire game. Well, yeah, so he was, you know, he was taking like a champ, but he was getting frustrated, you know, in the rightful way, like, oh, man, like, nothing is going the way I wanted. Like, I like set every up- Brewers player ever to exist. <laughs> but, I didn't uh, go on. <laughs> But he, so, like, you know, he, he was trying to set stuff up, and he was trying to, oh, I'll clear, you know, I'll get a momentum from Scum, you know, do the Pat Cat, do all this, yep. which I had showed him how to do. Um, but, like, things were, st- his plan was still being interrupted and not working out. So, instead of continuing to go with his plan and continuing to follow the approach that we had talked about, and, you know, is an effective, very effective strategy, he decided, um, that he could just throw, you know what? Like he's not, if if he continues to throw his models forward for me to pick off and you know control, he probably loses the game because I uh, I had the ball I had received, so I would have killed a player or two, scored, been at eight points, and been looking for that next goal or a couple more takeouts. Um, or probably just clock. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, well, yeah. I don't think we actually played. We didn't play with clock. Um, yeah, I'm just saying that would be the... the, the but exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I would be in a very commanding position. So instead, he decides, you know, I'm not going to win if I keep going to plan. What can I do right now? He throws Friday into a situation where he can get the ball uh, and take a one-die uh, one die shot on goal. Um, oh. And if he fails... 
it's basic. I mean, he gave me the two points more easily, but it's not like it was two points I wouldn't be able to go get. Um, mm. So he kind of just went at this, you know, slightly under 50% because he had to get the tackle, but the tackle wasn't too hard for him to get. Um, sure. Actually, I think the ball might even been loose. Maybe he didn't. He needed to generate a momentum. Um, uh-huh. But so he threw Friday in there knowing she would she would die very highly likely to take the one die goal because he knew that in that case he would have four points. So even if I went and did, which is exactly what I did, I killed a player and scored a goal. Actually killed a play killed a player, killed a mascot, and scored a goal all in one activation. So I got a seven point activation. Um, but instead of it being six or seven to zero it was now six to seven to four. Uh, so he was in a much better place then to kind of still be in the game. And it actually, it ended up being a 12, 10 victory for me. And it was really, really, really close. Um, and there was definitely opportunities for him to win it. So he kind of embraced the fact that his plan, which he had, you know, been setting up for, especially with brewers very much want, they have a plan for how the turn's going to go out. He was able to adapt as much as the team is able to to the mm-hmm. situation, to the chaos, to get something. And, you know, had he not been successful, yeah, it probably would have been worse for him than sticking to the plan. But he already saw that, you know, that he needed to go with the chaos instead of try to, you know, continue to work against it. So that's my example. So in a, uh, in a soundbite, You've got to know when to bail. Know when to bail, and honestly, I cannot remember the last competitive game that I played with somebody that's, like, of at least equal skill that I didn't take a a hard risk. I feel like it's just, it's a part of the game. Like, when, when you have two people, I mean, otherwise the ball gets killed and it goes to clock and each of you gets, you know, one person gets seven points through clock, the other person gets eight. And typically, a lot of times, those games, they're just boring as shit to watch, and they're not very interesting. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a part of me that wants the game to stay exciting. Um, but, like, you know, going for a pass, kicking into, to, to, just kicking to, to space, like, screw it, see what happens. And it's just the, the number of times I can put a game just on its head, and that, you know, creating more chaos than what you're already trying to adapt to is also a thing. Yeah, no, I, I think, and typically I think in Guild Ball, one of the biggest ways to kind of go into the cast are ball plays because they are A, more, um, they have that more variability and more, like, they are predicated on less outcomes, so it's not like you need to do X amount of damage, which is much more, like, slow and methodical. Um, yeah. It's much easier to, to have very swingy, very big impact ball plays, but I think a great example is that idea of um, I'm just going to go after the ball and kick it and get it in positions that are bad for you, right? I'm going to give yeah. up players, yeah, like a, I'm going to throw my striker in here, grab this ball, and kick it somewhere away, and you're going to kill my striker. You're going to kill this player. You might even kill... I might be sacrificing the whole fight, but now I... Um, get to play the game. Yeah, now I get to play the game. Instead of slowly losing the game, I can now maybe, yeah, uh, win the game. And I've seen, actually, there's been a couple players who've done that, and I've been trying to work on developing that strat- that style because it's not necessarily how I uh, naturally play. 
Um, but some players who have done that really well against me, one example, Zach Cohen. Um, yep. He plays a very heavy scoring style engineers, and yep. he will throw hoist velocity anybody in to Mike, Mike, the Mike, ball. Mike, we got to be careful. You said the H word. That might trigger Chris. You got to. <laughs> this is a safe field ball space, okay? <laughs> like... well, we'll, we'll edit it out for Chris. Okay. okay. <laughs> it didn't happen, Chris. It's okay. <laughs> um, he'll throw his models up in there, get the ball, even if he has no way of scoring that turn, and just start kicking the ball, start moving it towards the goal, and just just methodically just go boom i'm gonna just keep throwing people at this ball until somebody gets the ball near the goal and they shoot and they score i'm gonna do that again and i'm gonna maybe get a kill on you or and then do you just it breach again. and you get the shot yeah uh, exactly it's it's interesting because engineers in particular you know especially with somebody like zach who plays velocity hoist and colossus more times than not he can throw all three of those players up there and it's pretty tough. Like, a guild kind of has to pick one of those targets if they want to deal with it. Like, more times than not, they can't take two of those players. Even if you're a fighty team, it's just tough hide and, and, and you know, uh, reanimation and defense five. He's like, this is a pain in the ass. Um, and then he has all three of the players that can make huge havoc on the table. You know, unexpected arrival in the center of the scrum is a nightmare for, for teams that want to get those crowd outs. And like you were saying, at any moment, he could just get the ball and score. And it's a huge setback for you. Um, what I've found in a lot of games that I've watched and not participated in is that, you know, like a lot of other overcomplicated tabletop games, there is a wrong way to play the game. And the biggest lesson that I always gave to anybody that was brand new, because I'm still very new to this game, um, is uh, why are you doing this? How is this getting you closer to winning the game? And there's a lot of times um, when I was uh, teaching my buddy uh, Kyle, um, when he wanted to kind of level up from where he was, um, he would look at the table and he was playing Bet Rage at the time. And it was a really great example of a game. Um, he wanted to activate Bet Rage and kill my captain. And I looked at him and I paused the clock. I was like, hey, what are you doing? What do you mean? Activate missed, get the ball, shoot. It's an uncontested goal. You win the game off of this. Oh, he just, he saw the value and he didn't want to lose rage himself. So he kind of got that tunnel vision. Whereas when you open up to the chaos and you look at all of your vectors and all of your options, there's pro there might be, and more times than not, there is a more valuable and better way to get you closer to winning the game. Now that's a double-edged sword. Because let's say that goal doesn't win him the game, there are a lot of people that put the blinders on in the other way, and they think, oh, i got to score this goal because I can, and then they give their opponent the crackback goal to just win the game. Which I've seen way more than I, I haven't seen. It's like, oh man, I can score, pa-pow, I did it. Okay, now you lose. Yeah. Congratulations! No, <laughs> that's true. Now, one of the biggest things that I can tell when a player is newer is when uh, they kill the ball for a low while because they know they have to but then they go and they score and i'm like please by all means yes i will move my models out of the way yeah. please score so i can end this game because if Let you don't score it's about the halfway mark for no reason okay whoa <laughs> uh yeah it's like landing um, strip lights to the goal <laughs> dude yes dude, please dude. please yeah i'll always tell people after game they'll be like yeah i just wanted to get on the board i was like yeah, I just wanted you to get on the board so I can get the <laughs> ball back. <laughs> so but, it's uh, hard yeah. work. It's hard work chasing you around the field. 
Dude, it's rough, especially somebody like Flint with close control. Whew. Um, so I think what I wanted to say, kind of one thing about this, this idea, um, is that this is not necessary, and it's not to say that you have to be an expert to do this, but this is a, this is a what I would not encourage as a necessarily a brand new player. I think the brand new player should learn the learn the openings, learn the you know learn huge. the yeah huge. learn your plan and your approach to doing things and why, and get that and play inflexibly but to your plan until you know how to do it and know why you're doing each part of it and why those things are good and in what situations. Then you could start to identify those situations where it's like my plan isn't working. I either need a a new plan or a secondary plan. Or B, I need to improvise. And mm-hmm. that's where the improvising and the embracing the chaos comes in. And that's the step up from like beginning intermediate, intermediate. It's leveling to, up. Uh, yeah, it's leveling up to yeah. more, more skill. Yeah. I would agree with you. I think especially the, the number one thing for a beginner is um, learn what the purpose of players are. Um, so I've been playing a lot of games against my buddy Jin, and he's learning fish. And he has been a butcher's player through and through, so he's really working that like other side of his brain. And I can see the gears starting to turn now as we're getting more and more games in, that he's really understanding what the purpose of a model is. And sometimes it can be a little little confusing and, and depends on the matchup, of course. But you know, once you do that and then you can adapt while using that player's purpose, it's just a you know the center of the Venn diagram. So yeah, uh, do do we want to leave a, a link to the the NPR? Or are we just gonna mention it? Yeah, I'll I'll leave a link in the show notes to oh, uh, sweet to the podcast. But uh, yeah, super interesting, and I think uh, it's something to consider in your guild ball games, especially if you're trying to be uh, that next level of competitive to figure out. And I think uh, to figure out how to uh, to improvise, how to you know make sense of disordered like positions or how to use that uh to create like imbalances in the game which can lead to your to your victory uh and i think it's good to practice that uh to put yourself in situations where you maybe go in with the game plan i'm like i'm gonna do my normal game plan and then midway through i am going to instead of playing the simple like you know grind it out clock it out you know, yeah. the, the, I'm gonna try to win this game and, and win it more decisively through like other avenues whether it you know whatever whatever that is takeouts goals etc um, but instead of playing because I found myself as I've got uh, more experience with the game I actually went away because when I had less experience with Guild Ball, I think I played that style much more, and then I got more better. Risks. Yeah, more risks yeah, yeah. and more yeah, and more dynamic play, and then I got better, and I realized that like the safe way of playing is you know the that Chicago like style every time that Chicago <laughs> Chicago style deep dish denial, um, yeah. and. <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, and it's great and it works a lot of the times, but I often, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but like, isn't that like sacrilege for a guy that lives in New York? Like, don't you have to come up with some, like, I don't know. Well, I'm trying to go back to tactics. I'm going to try This is my din crush tactics. Yeah. And it's, there's, (laughs) this is my, (laughs) this is the New York style. Yeah. 
uh, the TCT man. <laughs> Guy hit him with the TCTs. Um, so I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, and uh, it, it's really just I think it's it's a very interesting game where the first turn is typically like clockwork. Everybody kind of knows what they need to do, and they just let's get through it and see if it works or not. And then literally, like turn two on, it's pretty much just chaos. Like players are all over the place. Like it's just so so. It's definitely a skill set that you you should develop if you would like to to be competitive in this game. Kick the ball to space, please. It's like, just do it. Just there have been it. times. There have been games where like somebody just tells me like I'm kicking the ball to space now, and I'm like, no. This game is what? over. <laughs> what you're breaking the rules you were gonna have the ball on that model or score or pass it to another model you can't just no, kick it this can't space. score now i gotta go get one of my models killed so it can get back there and get the ball yeah yep. <laughs> uh chris anything else to add no i think it's pretty well covered all right excellent what's next Qu- quality um <laughs> well let's Let's answer some questions. Straight guitar from- solo. Uh, all right. So, our first question we have from the Guild Ball Discord is: Has the cast made final decisions on what they are playing in the upcoming year? Uh, I, <laughs> I know uh, Dan talked about this a little bit on the last cast, and I realized I that that we did not all talk about it. Um, so Dan, are you still in on Masons? I am. I am. I am enjoying them quite a bit. Um, I can. I'm starting to definitely see that they reward good play. Um, and uh, God, do I love the big man with the hammer? Um, it, take your pick, mallet, hammer. I don't even care. Like they're just, they are the bee's knees. And I just every game I've played so far, there is a series of activations where I just get diced to holy shit, and I'm like, it's okay. I got like 13 momentum. It's gonna, it's gonna be okay. I do remember you playing one game, hammering to Corsair, losing, and then like or wherever you were playing, and then two more games immediately after that same day, and you're just you're like, yep, yeah, lost the first game. Up, oh, smashed the second game. Up, oh, you got no points in the third game. Yep, I, yeah. I think I got it. It was, it was a very different experience. Once you, I had to wrap my brain around it because I, I have been so used to either farmers or fish where it's just a super captain doing all of the work. And now when I'm bringing masons, it's like, whoa, all you guys can do stuff. This is great. This is the best. What do you mean knockback? Let me reread that. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I played, uh, my buddy Jen, he played Corsair, and I grabbed Vet Siren I pulled her out of the bubble and then turned her around into my bubble just with pushes and knockbacks and then second wind back to where I was so I was out of danger. Oh, it was so cool. Oh, yeah, pretty nice. That, that reminds me of the time I was playing and I was getting blinded by tentacles. Yep. Uh, playing against Frank and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go and kill tentacles. Yep. And uh, <laughs> blind's gone. <laughs> He can have a grand old time walking his six inches back onto the field. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, all right, so you're all in on Masons 2018. Yep, yep we Excellent. can confirm. Put the stamp on it. Excellent. And you're going to Captain Con? Captain Con, uh, probably Spin Fling. Um, we'll talk about that later, though. And, uh, yeah, that's just for, for now. I don't know. I don't know Guild Ball events yet, so. Nope, that's a good, that's a good sampling. 
Um, excellent. Sweet. Chris? No. Um, <laughs> I, no. It's 2018. You heard it here, folks. So Stay. I did that for the first like half of 2017, and it was all right. Well, but, he's so good, nah. though. Dude, hold up. Hold up. Stave, you said, is good? To Lucky. <laughs> oh, Lucky. Lucky, okay. Lucky, okay. Yes, he is so good. <laughs> hold in, hold in, mister. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> things are, we're about to get contentious here. Um, <laughs> no, uh, let's see. I I thought I was going to play Hunters, and I might still dedicate them to one event just to see if I can do it. Sure. But... I played four Hunters games over the course of the extended, like, Christmas holiday weekend. Yeah. And it was really boring to me. So, um, obviously my default is always going to be Fish. um, Because that is what I can play. I don't think no matter how many times I step away from Fish, I'll, like, get worse as them. Um... I th- I'll probably play Engineers a little bit because okay. that Harriet sculpt is cool. Mm-hmm. The robot arm, it's freaking awesome. Um, but primarily, I'm driven by sculpts and also fish. And so I'll probably play a little bit of Masons and Blacksmiths, but on. I'll end up. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you're driven by sculpts and fish, like 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 eating fish. Right, like, no, you no, have a no. For seafood. I'm just. I was really confused with that one. <laughs> no, I actually don't eat much fish. Um, no, like the fish style of gameplay of just spending more of Football. the game moving around than you do actually like playing it. So, <laughs> gotcha. You're a big so fan playing... of knocking people off the field with Jack. We got it. No, I'm. I'm also a fan of moving. <laughs> so that you can. So then I'm, knock I'm gonna play a decent. <laughs> I think I'll play a decent amount of Masons and Blacksmiths. You just named like five guilds. How is this? How is this a commitment at all? <laughs> it's not. But by the end of it, SteamCon US. 2018, I'll be playing fish. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> Which so, guild do you think is going to frustrate you the most? Not fish. Not good job. <laughs> okay, the the one that'll frustrate me the most is butchers because I don't get them at all. They just lose. That's all that happens. <laughs> uh, so, in some ways, you are indeed embracing the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, all right. I mean, do you did you did you only play Theron, or did you play Skaeda as well? I only played Theron. Well, that's your problem. You didn't play the awesome captain. I don't like Tech Five captains. They make <laughs> she makes snowballs and fast ground, and Ulfur is nuts with her. Tech Five captains depress me. It's like, man, I would love to hit how this many, third how many column times one do you day. Attack with Theron. How many? He's. He attacks a lot. Uh, he's yeah, attacked he attacks too, because he's doing character plays. No, no. Nah. No, he, fights, he fights now. He's poop. Stay there all day. Or I day. mean, if you, do, if you do want to have, basically, a, a jankier shark, you should play Skate. Right? But then you get cool players like Jaycar and Ulfer and 
all that nonsense. You do get JK. It's true. He's pretty legit. I like him quite a bit. No, uh, but like I, 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 I can understand trading the forest for uh, for Hearn is a big deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, Mike, what what, what do you got? Huh? What six guilds are you gonna say you're gonna play? <laughs> well, I mean, realistically, I'm gonna play multiple guilds, but which one am I committing to? Is a different question. Uh, uh-huh. It was going to be Blacksmiths back around Steam Gun time. I still think they uh, are awesome. I think they look amazing, and I still will be playing them. Um, I fell back in love with the OPD changes with my engineers. Specifically, I still want to play Ballista. I love Ballista, and I want to play more of that. But I think I am going to throw a lot of extra pin vice now that I um, can do it. You know if you're or not? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I love the engineer sculpts, and I love the engineer play stuff. I just love having four die passes. Four die passes is really great. So um, Mike, I think yeah, that, you can you can be that's honest. That's my favorite like the, thing. The four die passes is why you play it, not the sculpts. I mean, those those stupid yes. rinky-dink aprons on those because they, they 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 cheaped out and didn't want to put details on their players. Like, no, that's beautiful for me because I can't paint, so I can just paint a large uh, flat surface. Yeah, gotcha. okay. details is bad. Like, I God, details I is bad, man. <laughs> details is bad. <laughs> Just wait for the plastic, and then you don't have to paint them at all. hey There you go. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so I'm going to probably play my engineers again. Um, looking to, yeah, like I said, play some more pin vice, because that was the original engineers captain I played back at the end of Season 2, and loved her, um, and still do, and she's fun. Um, and engineers are fun. And I want to play... I still play, don't know what she does. Uh, she everything. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. Um, including killing herself. But yeah, I think I, I want to do that. Uh, the other one, see, the other guild that I really would want to play would be Fish, but A, everybody plays Fish and I need to be a snowflake. B, specifically, specifically, if I did play Fish and had to play other Fish players, we know this is the mirror problem. The mirror problem is a, is a huge thing. Um, I, it, I find it very difficult to play Shark into into that and I would want yep. to because I would not want to play Corsair on Corsair um, that sounds really bad I mean again um, you can just be fair you just don't want to play Corsair because he's boring as shit I don't mind playing Corsair I like I played Corsair uh, that was the first ca- fish captain I played good I played god is he so boring <laughs> I liked it I don't know I, but I also played him more scoring anyway so sure I basically played him like a fat shark fast <laughs> That slow shark. You could have gone with one-legged. You could have gone with harpoon throwing. You just you went straight to fat shaming him, man. The dude lost a leg. He can't get his cardio in. Okay, like it's not very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to think he was that way before he got the leg. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was a strapping young man. <laughs> he was Sakana. Sakana lost, loses his <laughs> leg and becomes Corsair. was like his older brother that feels bad for him now. Anyways. <laughs> so uh, yeah, engineers. Uh, Twenty eighteen will probably be back to where I'm at. Uh, doesn't mean I I won't play the other guilds. I'll still play Mason as well because they're awesome and I love them. But yeah, for for I'm pretty sure at this point for the big ones, we'll see. I'm gonna give it a couple local test tournaments. But uh, Capticon and Sprinkling are very likely to be in. So here's another question. Yeah. Um, 
give me an estimate of how many games you think you're going to play in 2018. Oh, God. It's tough. I'll I'll commit to 100. Ooh, that's that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Um... I will. I will aim for one hundred. Okay. I don't know. I'll play fifty. All right. All right. So you heard <laughs> it here first, folks. We have two hundred and fifty games guaranteed from this podcast, uh, and you can you can keep track of it at home because I'm not. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good goal. I mean, I, Chris is still I, in like crazy school, so that makes sense. Uh, and I'd love to get the yeah I'd love to get the like 350 games a week that uh, the German German guys play, but apparently I, I don't know like you have to work anymore. So. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, a little different. <laughs> but uh, okay, I think that was that topic. Boom. All right, next. Um, the anatomical precision tier list. From Kevin. Ooh. Ooh. So I, Ooh. I had asked him if he meant tier list as to what our favorite systems of uh, of tournament <laughs> pairings were, <laughs> and he got very mad at me for that. Um, for anyone who was on Discord, it got quite heated today with discussions of random versus Dutch system Swiss pairings uh, in Guild Ball. But we will avoid that, except for to say that. <laughs> If it's good, if Dutch systems are good enough for chess, they are probably good enough for our action figure Mandali game. Yes. <laughs> moving uh, on. Moving on. So tier list in terms of of guilds, and specifically the conversations about why things are in the tier they are. So, okay. um, let's quickly define some tiers. I'm going to go with our. Uh, our master of talking about things like this for other game systems, Dan, give us some tiers. What are our, what are our tiers going to be? Oh, okay. Pre- you, typically, it's tier ones through three. Um, right. Three is going to be the uh, the least competitive. Uh, typically, the whatever their objective is, they have a tough time accomplishing it. Um, and uh, they might have like one good matchup or two, but a majority of their matchups are not in their favor. So they're kind of always the underdog. It doesn't mean that a master with that team can't do well. It's just that that was that effort thing that I was talking about last episode where like if you're playing a lower tier team, you need to put in more effort and more thinking power and it's a lot less forgiving when you make a mistake. It's even more backbreaking. Tier two is typically kind of that any given Sunday team um, where uh, at a tournament, if they do... Re- they can always do reasonably well. That's kind of where your like X and one players come from, um, of like middle skill level. Like they don't need to try too too hard. They don't really have any strengths or any weaknesses, um, and they set up for a lot of fifty fifty matchups. And tier one is the opposite of tier three. So typically their objective, they have something that people will consider broken or overrated or you know too strong, that uh, allows them to accomplish their goals easily and um they typically have good matchups especially in the meta boom so what's your tier list what's my tier list uh (laughs) sorry i thought you just wanted me to explain tiers 
Um, so, tier three, I like to start from the bottom. Um, I would probably say, I mean, this is not news to anybody, brewers and uh, butchers. Um, I have said for a very long time, uh, I, I played butchers, I played brewers before I said, I just don't think this game is designed around fighting. Um, and especially with brewers, uh, they, they took away uh, Friday's fight potential and didn't really give her anything to make her a better striker. Uh, at least not to the point of like the premier strikers of other teams where, I mean, obviously it could be fixed overnight if Mist could play for every guild. Because then at least every guild would have a dedicated striker that could do striker things. But it has always felt that you needed to jump through two hoops for every one that somebody else needed to jump through. It was like, well, you know, I just get to be tax 7, but if you're knocked down, I can be tax 7. It's like, well, you got to activate the player to knock him down that either wastes an attack. I, I openly said that, that if you were ever a part of my local game store, <laughs> there is typically a monthly rant about fixes that could be done to brewers that overnight could uh, fix them. Um, so it, it's a lot of uh, double playbook results. So if they had like knockdown two or just something, because they, they want you to be knocked down, and I understand that, but it's just too easy of a condition to remove. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, uh, for Butchers, it's the same thing. I, I just, I always feel like their turns, they need to take those risks that we were talking about, but they need to take them. They don't have a choice. Very typically, if they play it safe, they just get outpaced almost every time. And again, Shank is not what he used to be at 2-3 instead of 2-4. Being able to where they go charge and kick, that made him a striker. And now that he has to... Where they go jaw, it's just, it's awkward. Um, and Ox, even with the rework, I just, I've never been impressed with them on the table. Um, and to have one of your captains just be a dud, like, and I'm sure I just triggered every freaking Butcher's player in the world. But, like, obviously Filet is Bay, and I understand that. And she can do some crazy stuff. I just feel like the rest of her team is just not that impressive. The speed stats, the lack of reach... The, the playbooks are, are okay, um, but a, a lot of them are, you know, six long, seven long. That's because their attack is high, but that means that they almost never get a wrap, even on a charge. Like, the math just isn't in their favor. And um, I just, I've always felt like they are not very influence, influence efficient, and uh, they lack from getting diced more than the most, than the typical player. Um, do you want me to keep going, or do you guys want to... I think that's a decent, like, start to yeah. a bottoms. Um, so, like, for me on the bottom, I think Butchers is worse than Brewers. Sure, in the I fact that, that they come down to a lot more luck on the, um, on the, effectively they're really weaker to uh, counterattacks than most other teams because they lack the knockdown ability that Brewers have. So that Brewers can keep on fighting you, and they also have two-inch melees on some really key models. Yeah. So they can, like, they have a little bit better of a backup plan to me. Um, for me, from there, I don't really follow the one two three tier system much. Sure. But, like, I think 
the rest of them is pretty mid, and I think I think uh, Brewers is notably higher than Butchers. Like if I'm to categorize them, you know, yeah, I'll put Butchers bottom. Uh, lower would be Brewers and Blacksmiths, mostly because they're. I think they're particularly weak to the higher, uh, the things I perceive as higher tiered mm. uh, teams. Um, like Blacksmiths, they are pretty susceptible to any kind of control or um, any kind of beaters with knockdowns to like beat their apprentices. Sure. All right, put me in. Um, put me in. Like Go that. ahead. All right, put you in, coach. Excellent. Uh, good. I thought you guys couldn't hear me for a while. You're just talking right over me. Um, uh, we couldn't hear you. We actually couldn't. I, 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 I figured. I figured. Um, <laughs> yourself. Go. Anyway, so uh, I want to quickly. So I like the the three tiers are good. Um, I'm going to operationally define them a little bit more uh, strictly than uh, than Riker did, but very similarly. Up. Uh, tier three, actually, I'm going to start with tier two. Tier two, the kind of solid, uh, in the middle, you know, like like you, any given Sunday was a good one for that. But but yeah, the ones that are solid, um, you know, fundamentally well designed, good um, at things that they want to do, uh, can win tournaments. You know, they're you're putting in the effort you're putting in is giving you about the av- the output you would expect from a guild. So kind of that level playing field. Uh, tier three are the guilds that the output you're putting in is not. Uh, sorry, the input you're putting in is not equal to the output that is coming out, or they're objectively less strong, or the guild is very poorly positioned in the current meta. Um, yeah. Would be at that level, and then tier one is up, of course, the opposite. So you're you put in the input, you get even better output from them, either because they are just very strong objectively or very well positioned given where the game is at right now where the meta is at uh so with that you guys have talked about your tier three i definitely agree with butchers and brewers uh in that tier three um brewers i think Riker, you said everything dan said everything that um very valid points about them unfortunately as much as i like it i think with them the other thing is that because they they have such a static, non-dynamic game plan and game approach because they can't dodge. Like, they cannot move more than they need to move or yeah. more than they're allowed to move, you know, given there's no, um, there's no like, combinations that get to the unexpected places. That I would even need. understand, like, on, like, four or five, a double push dodge or something. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's just um, nothing. Well, I think it's possible for that to be good, but for that to be good, they need to be, like, able to force those fights and those positions. Like, they need to be able to force people to fight, to come to them. And they need to be able to, you know, they need to be able to have the tools to make it happen and then also to succeed when it does happen. I think they can do it. They can hold their own and succeed in many but they uh, uh, situations, but they do not necessarily just outfight all other teams, and they have very few ways of against teams that don't necessarily need to do fighting um, as hard as they do, 
or or at least scrumming, you know, in the middle of the pitch and coming together in a big ball. Um, they have no way of really forcing it other than putting the ball there and hoping that it doesn't get taken away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the issues with the Brewers Guild. They're inflexible and they don't have ways to force the 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 gameplay that they want to be, you know, the that they want to be involved in. Uh, and then Butchers, I think there is some just, like you had said, things with Shank, etc., where there was just uh, a little bit over, over, over-tuned, the, or, sorry, under-tuned um, players that were previously really good or some players that got really good, but like all, all together just doesn't come together for the Butchers. But I'll say the biggest thing for them, they would be fine in the mid-tables and they, uh, like in the mid-range with the exception of them being the most insanely vulnerable to counterattack guild in the game. My um, God. They hate counterattacks, and they have very few ways of of avoiding counterattacks because they do not have a lot of two-inch melee, and they do not have easy knockdowns um, or viable dodges. You know, some of their players do, but again, you, know, you have it on Chank, that's great. You can come in, and where they go out, or dodge out, and then where they go back in, but he only has three influence, so... Yeah, what else is he doing? So you're, so you're pretty sad. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, lots of one-inch melee, not super, you know, tanky stats, no things to avoid counterattacks. Um, I mean, basically, like, your epitome of, like, Butchers is put six defense on Filet, throw her in there, hope she doesn't get counterattacks. Or if she does get counterattacked, she hits that knockdown. Cross your fingers. Yep. Five zero um, should be fine. Six <laughs> zero. Nobody, you know, nobody can ever hit a counterattack on six zero. Oh, I'm knocked down. Great. <sighs> <laughs> well, no, the worst is against Hammer. If she doesn't knock him down, he literally just goes, oh one six two inches away. <laughs> See you later. I'm the best at this game. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Butchers and Brewers, definitely there. I'm going to disagree with Blacksmiths. Um, we'll talk about them when I, when they get to the point where I think they are. Uh, so next, next tier, are two, tier two, the solid. Who's, who's starting? Who's starting? You. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, here we go. Tier two. Um, so this is, I always feel tier two is the majority of the game. Um, this is where a Hopefully. lot of, yeah, well, that, that's the sign of a good balanced game. When you have a lot of teams that can all threaten um, a tournament, that, that means that it, it's, you're in a good spot. And I, I think that Guild Ball, I don't know if people disagree with this, but I think Guild Ball is in a very good spot right now. Um, I think this is where uh, Union, Fish, Morticians, uh, Hunters, and... That's... Probably engineers. Engineers are like a high tier two for me. Um, that that's where I would probably say these five guilds are. Um, Union. Uh, I felt uh, pre the last errata that changed Avarice and Greed and Harry was the best guild in the game, um, and then they just got dunked on. Um, Avarice and Greed are not what they used to be. Harry is not what he used to be. And those were very staple players that made Union kind of over the top. 
so I understand why they tuned them down. We don't always need a 21-inch goal threat. Um, but uh, so Vet Rage is still one of the best captains in the game, um, I think. And uh, he's extremely versatile. And with the, uh, not recent, but with the addition of Benediction, being able to arc Red Furies to different spots where you need to be, doesn't need to be immediately right next to him anymore. So it really opens up that bubble. Um, and I think they can play a very reasonable game. I've seen uh, Season Brisket get a little more play, and I like that, that kind of super strikey team. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just I don't think they're in a bad spot. I just think that they, they do need to, to work kind of hard, harder than they were used to. Um, Morticians, I think, is a great anti-meta team right now. Um, I think the things that we see at the tippy-top um, can be punished they're, a lot of them are very vulnerable to character plays, which is kind of where morticians kind of thrive. Um, they get their debuffs, they get their hard control on whatever target they want, whereas before it got really risky. You know, do I take a, a shutout on a 5-0 model? Like, I don't think so. Even the bonus time is not great. Um, but, oh, look, there's a, you know, up insert farmer model here. Yeah, get fucked. Um, so... Um, I like Scalpel. I think she's she's good. I don't think there's really anything wrong with her. Um, you know, second win for free and all that other nonsense is just she's just a solid player. Um, I I like you know uh, Dirge is great. He's probably one of my favorite mascots in the game, um, and uh, I think you can make a six very quickly and have it be good. And you just play that six, you practice that six, either either an Ibulus or a Scalpel six, and, and you can be a threat in a tournament. Um, the uh, Hunters, I think, are... They don't really have any broken players. They don't have that, uh, you know... that The captains are very reasonable. They're not very over-the-top. They don't really do one aspect of the game extremely well. Um... And uh, I love Scala personally because it's the only captain where you're 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 okay with kicking off and not immediately chasing the ball to try and build momentum. So if the player decides not to press the issue, at least you can snowball it up and start passing and doing something instead of nothing. Um, where you know the, the person receiving the ball can very easily guarantee themselves first activation for turn two. Um, and uh, I just think a lot of their players are, are follow with the captains. They're very reasonable. Nobody's going to be cranking out, you know, 34 damage or some crazy crap like that. Their legendary, legendary, singular, is, uh, is not crazy. It's just a lot of utility. And it, it gives the player a lot of tools to fix the matchup in their favor. Um, I mean, Snared is a very good condition. Don't get me wrong. If I wanted to base my guild around that, I'd probably pick snared of all of them but um so yeah um then we had the union hunters i know i had to do engineers morticians i did and fish. fish yes um the siren changes um you know fish are still very playable and they have a very um aggressive quick play style that can overwhelm opponents still um you know shark losing gut and string for stagger kind of sucks uh, I mean, it's just, it's just a flat negative. I mean, you can't say it's a positive. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I was a very huge fan of the ranged seduced over the charge seduced. Um, and being able to seduce and pass was just a huge difference, obviously, than just dropping the ball. 
Um, Corsair, I mean, he wasn't touched, so he's still a very good captain. Like I said previously, I just think he's an extremely boring playstyle. And for, for to have polar opposites, Shark being one of the most dynamic captains in the game, and where he can be and where he starts and where he ends is just, you know, completely across the board. And, um, you know, having the power of the Shark or Corsair kickoff and that threat, depending on the matchup, can be devastating. Um, it's just I've always found that the players outside of the captain are typically pretty lackluster. Um, I like that Corsair is using the new Aversing Greed to very good success. I also know that there's quite a few fish players that are playing gutter, so I like that there's not, like, a right choice. Um, that always kind of ticked me off a little bit. I like, you know, the little bit of flavor when you only get to bring one union. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that you can obviously win with fish, um, and it's just, again, you're just rolling the bones. So a lot of times it comes down to, I can only orchestrate three goal shots that I miss one. Um, and, uh, or clock. I mean, clock's always your friend. Um, and then engineers, I think engineers are like peaking tier one, um, with the, uh, the document change. Um, now that you can, you don't always have to win this land ballista cause shit might hit the fan. Um, their players are, there's nothing wrong with the players. Um, they have very solid players, very good stats, and their purposes are uh, just very flexible. Um, I, I do think that their captains are above average, but they're not like, holy shit balls, amazing. Um, I think that there are players, like Mike, when we get to play, I'm sure he'll explode my mind with Pinvice, but... I feel like you have to kind of Rue Goldberg machine every game, and that's not very good on clock, and that's not very good for doing it round after round after round. Um, so oh God, I, clocked, I, clocked. I have both clocked and clocked so many people with engineers. I believe it, because you just, you just bring the game to a grinding halt whenever you feel like it. Um, and it is a very punishing playstyle. I think that... Um, Engineers are right up there with Mortz, with being a very good anti-meta team right now. The hard control uh, in with good character plays um, is just a huge boon right now. We are we are being dominated by low defense, which is funny because you know you look back a little bit further, and it was high defense that was a problem. Now it's the opposite, but very valuable good players with low defense. So. When you can, you know, true replicate two of the rough, was it rough earth, rough ground, whatever, just boom, boom, and just blast, you know, four players, and now they're they're just minus two speed. You can you can change the dynamic of a turn just by one activation. So that's why I think they're like really close to tier one. Um, but what do you guys think? Chris, go for it. Okay, so this is where me not knowing anything about this one two three crap is. <laughs> Um, because I follow like an old school. What are your middle of the pack teams? No, no, no. Cause that's where, cause by two, by the one, two, three, two is where I place brewers and blacksmiths, but they're the bottom of the two. Cause I play like old school Capcom tier lists and that's where they sit at lower. Uh, but mid tier would be, um, uh, mid tier for me is hunters morticians alchemists and engineers okay and the reason for this is they're okay um <laughs> they have answers they're not super efficient but they're okay, okay. 
Cool. Excellent. I like your, your take. Very man of few words. Beautiful. Um, as opposed to Riker, who gave us his life story. I'm good. Get ready for one more. It's going to be great. Right. All right. Um, for me, I'll, I'll try to go in between. I think the middle of the pack uh, guilds are do, do, do morticians, hunters, blacksmiths, alchemists, engineers, I think sitting at the top of that. Mm-hmm. Union probably also sitting at the top of that. Yeah, because I only want to put Yep, I only want to put three teams in my tier one. So, yeah, those are mine. Uh, reasons for that, um, I think, as you said, morticians, a uh, lot of good control, a lot of options to do. The only, the biggest issue with morticians is, like, stat-wise, their models are have some of the worst stats. In them. Yep. Um, like, they have the lowest health pool of all the guilds. Uh, they have some really poor defensive uh, stats. Besides Obvious, who obviously really hard to get to um sure. but so they they're like straight on they they need to play to their their play style and you know be underhanded be tricky be manipulative to win that said those are really strong options so i think they are by far and away one of the hardest guilds uh to be really skilled with however being really skilled with them could, uh you know a lot with them so i think they're they're definitely right in the middle they have lots of answers but they have some some weaknesses that they have to overcome and you need to really really take advantage of their unique strengths they're um, also very influence hungry players yeah many of them are yeah. um hunters uh kind of very similar in a different way i mean the biggest thing with hunters i think they have a lot of cool things i love their maneuverability they have control um biggest thing with hunters i think is just is converting that which people have said before converting that to victory points they can kill yeah. players but not super fast they can score goals but not many like not multiple super fast so they have to do this weird thing where they're doing their thing but somehow have to convert that into actually winning the game um which can be really challenging to do but i think they do have a lot of tools and i think the mobility um with all the back to the shadow and the dodges and the snowballs and the, you know teleporting and all that stuff can be really helpful. Uh, Absolutely. Really yep. Uh, moving on. Uh, no, I put blacksmiths in the middle. Um, I think blacksmiths have amazing players doing amazing things, and I love them. They are also so 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 resource strapped. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they they feel the twelve influence more than any other team in the game because you want to give so many models influence to do things because yes. they can do so many. They don't things. have a hag. They do not have a hag exactly. It's true. Um, even though they have a model that looks very much like hag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hag uh, after they, she got back to land. <laughs> yep, and then put a bunch of swords on her back. Um, yeah, so they so yeah, blacksmiths I think their resources really, 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 really strap them and make decisions really challenging. That said they have so many good strengths. Um, their first turn kicking is ridiculous. Um, I yeah, they can <laughs> Iron can threat what is it? Hold on, I'm gonna do this right now. In my head. Um ten ten and then twelve. 
14, mm-hmm. 20, 22 inches. Um, yeah, 20, he can threat 22 inches before, it just uh, to get to a model. And well, then, then he you get into the, the, the nonsense bolt shit, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, though, kicking. So, yeah. you have, you have Alego, who can also threaten the world, score a goal, yeah. and then Iron can, can threat 22 inches to get that ball again and score another goal, potentially, or you could just, if that's not an option, you could just go and kill a model, because you could also do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, really good stuff, but that, like I said, super resource trap, and low defense makes them susceptible to control. Which I don't think is as big a deal for them, but it can, it can still hurt them, of course. Sure. Um, Union super solid. Um, they, you know, definitely taken down a little bit of peg with some of the changes in the errata, but um, still really on the stronger side of, of, of average uh, or of the middle of the pack there. And engineers same. I think engineers almost peaked into it. They are very well situated in the meta. The biggest thing for them. Um, is being able to close, like being able to close out games. Um, if they they're very good at getting eight points. Uh, yeah, I mean, so they can they can score and they can score well, but they don't have the mobility once it starts getting to this like extreme denial. So they yeah. do need to be a little bit more versatile and get kills, and they totally can do that. But like the consistency in doing so can be hard because they, I mean, you have models like Ballista who could do. A, grab ton of damage if he is hitting midway through his playbook every single yeah. time, which yeah. they can totally set up for, but it's not like the same as Hammer, where it's like, oh, I got blinded. <laughs> oh, I got blinded. I guess I'll just still do exactly as much damage as I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I put them there. Uh, Alchemists, real quick, I think they still have some strong things. I still think Smoke Kent is, you know, that super denially Vin style, uh, Kirkhoff style, um, non-interactive smoke is powerful, but um, farmers definitely hit into them quite a bit. And I still think that game plan, that game plan, is not going to is just super variable. Some teams it works, some teams it just doesn't work. So, um, okay. so they're middle of the road. I still think Midas is, is solid despite all the. Speaking of Midas, going into top tier, um, tier one, uh, it was the lowest on tier one, I would say, for me, is Alks. Um, I I think that they get a really bad rap right now, and uh, I think um, there is a very certain way that all Alchemist players think is the way to play the game, and I think if they explored a little bit more and maybe used players that it wasn't always that typical, like, smoke gun line, um, that they could see some really nice results. Um, I still think, I know that the general meta does not like Vet Cat, or he's kind of a love it or hate it model, but I, I love the Hulk. Um, so anything that shortens the game, even to give my opponent two points, I just, he's still nuts with Lure of Gold. Um, he just threats a country mile, does a lot of damage. It's not hard to put a condition on somebody. And it's just, it's so easy. And especially now when you're talking about, um, you know, certain farmers players, uh, most of the blacksmiths players, they don't, especially the apprentices, they don't have a lot of health boxes. 
And um, I just think that he you just pick one target to prey on and you can delete it and just the team still scores points. It still shoots. It still does all that nonsense. And I just think that they need to change their way of thinking because they can't do what they've been doing this entire time. So play more Venning. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I just I was too afraid to say it, but Mike, you you hit the nail on the head. Congratulations. Um, so uh, I have four in tier one. Uh, it's uh, Alks, Farmers, uh, Smiths, and Masons. Um, so uh, I put Smiths on here with an asterisk. Um, I still think that there is very much a, uh, a new shiny toy factor where there will be, for quite a while, uh, people that just do not have enough games against blacksmiths, so the players will get away with shit, um, that as time passes, they, they won't. So getting six new players, unless you've been, you know, at your local gaming store with somebody that's, uh, you know, excited about smiths when, the, you know, the, the cards arrived at, at SteamCon UK, you know, they're printing out the images and proxying players, you just, you just don't have the games against them. So when you're talking to somebody or playing against somebody that has, you know, those games with the team and they're moving like clockwork and you're trying to catch up, there's just there's going to be certain situations where they'll put you in positions where there's not much you can do. Um, and that, that was pretty much what I enjoy about them is they're the first team as a whole that I've seen use cover the best. So when Ferrite walks up with a wall and attacks you, do you counterattack her? I mean, she's going to disarm you. You're minus two, minus one. She's got two armor. You're like, well, that went downhill in a hurry. I guess there's nothing I can do. Oh, great. She takes the ball and just goes. Like, And it's just, it, it, there are certain situations that like, you can put your opponent into that I really enjoy. Um, overall, I think that um, you there's a formula for smiths that I don't think people have figured out yet. You know, is all scory, two scory, one scory pair the best? I don't know. I, I just don't think, like I said, people have enough games. That being said, times that by a million for farmers. Um, I, I don't think, think we need to explain why farmers are at, they're at the top of the It's one it's model. The man, the myth, the legend, the, the thresher. Yes. Uh, uh, the team uh, itself is actually really good and solid. Completely, I think they would be really good even without Thresher, if you can only play um, uh, Grange, but I don't know if I agree with that one. But you don't think that you don't think they would be good if you could only play Grange? Uh, I don't think so. Um, personally, uh, from the games that I've played, uh, once the again, again, I, I love being proven wrong. So if anybody wants to shoot me a message or talk I don't think about they would it, be tier one, I think they would be in the middle of the pack. They would, Obviously, yeah, they would jump down a tier. I mean, obviously, like, they would be disadvantaged because of the fact they only had one captain in this progression. But I'm assuming they get another, if they got Thresher or, you know, Honor 15, you know, Veteran yeah. Seasons, Super Honor, whatever, sure. and and that was in the average as well. Whatever they got as a replacement, I'm saying. So Thresher catapults them to 3 1, but remove Thresher from the equation, just Grange and a theoretical average other captain. Or even above be, average captain, I, I still think they're tier two. I think sure, that. Sure. Uh, the, but the, what I'm saying, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the the team itself though is a solid team. Harrow, Jackstone, Millstone, Hater, uh, and sorry, Wendell is in in Gilball Scrum twice. 
rookie is that? Oh no, because that's because he's the rookie. But it doesn't say rookie on the online when I'm yeah. looking at it right now. It does on the app. Okay, Wendell anyway, is are... so bad. I got <laughs> a fully level five rookie, and I was like, I don't even want to play him. He was just kind of meh. <laughs> um. Anyway, so <laughs> the many of the models. Oh, and Fallow. That, that was it. That I could give. They're all solid models. Like they obviously having Thresher there turn the team up to eleven. Um, but like Millstone is just a just a really good model. Tanner yes. is just a really good model. Yes. Dexter is in the context of his team just a really good model. Era too. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, so go ahead. Um, farmers. So good. farmers good. I mean, I don't think that's. I. I, I mean, I don't want to cry it already, but I, I mean, I, I see an impending nerf happening to them. Um, I think if their dominance will continue, uh, but they've only been out for a very short time, so uh, time is the best uh, way to wait it out. Um, and uh, Masons. Uh, I really do think Masons are tier one right now. They can fight, they can score, both can be exceptionally good at either. Um, and they're the only team in the game where dice typically aren't a crazy factor, even on the risky plays. When you have multiple players on your team that have a momentous tackle on one, it's just, it, it, it's so flexible. It's, you know, it, it's amazing. And the number of times where, like you were saying, you know, Hammer is a, a melee beater, but he's only a one-inch melee. But if that person gets into melee with him, and he, his counterattack is so strong. I mean, a momentous tackle knockdown? Like, that's just nuts. Like With um, a one-inch push. With a one-inch push. It's or a, a two-inch push. Yeah. Or a two-inch push on one. It's just... It, it, all of the players, typically, when you're dropping your team, are just solid. And the influence is typically at a good number, and more times than not, you will get a momentum out of your attacks, which is a pretty good thing to have going for you. And then you get into the nonsense crap, where you're like, oh, well, you know, Honor is can be a beater. It's like, yes, absolutely, because she has a momentous four on two, because you tool her up and you put the monkey. Like, it's just crazy crap like that. And then you look at somebody like Ox, like, hey, buddy. Do you have momentous four on two? No. Oh, but you, but you, you're the owner. You're the, you're the big bad man. Hey, Tapper, how's it going? Did you have to commanding aura? Oh, that's good for you. Like, <laughs> oh, by the way, um, superior strategy. You gotta play like that. No, crazy. Guess a legendary. Oh, sorry, Tapper. Did that trigger you? Cause you don't have that either. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. I just want Brewers to be good, guys. <laughs> But yeah, so that's my tier one. Chris, what's your what's your S tier? Okay, so top is obviously farmers. I say this because they've got some of the best defensive tech um, in Tater and Millstone, and then for Grange, uh, you got Fallow, which uh, creates just this. Uh, yeah, okay, so he heals. But the other guys really just take it up to 11, and then Harrow just, like, gives it that nudge to 11.5. So, so, but that that just creates, like, this big bubble of don't fuck with me. And uh, then they also have, like, a strong offense to boot to add to that. 
Now for the upper tier, which you guys would consider tier one as well, um, that's what I would say is Mason's Fish and Union. Okay. Um, reason for this being, uh, I think at least Mason's and Fish. I'm not sure about Union because I'm really bad with them as well, along with the butchers. Um, that they have some pretty reliable looking answers to farmers, and they also have really good answers to every other guild as well. So they're just like a step above the rest. Sure. I can see. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I can definitely kill Thresher every game with Masons and then lose well, most of those games too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I will kill those Thresher. Uh, Alright, cool. So my, my tier one was Fisherman, Masons, and do, 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 and Farmers. Um, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped over them on my list. Uh, farmers, we explained. Thresher, good. Thresher, god. Moving um, on. <laughs> fisherman, um, I mean, Corsair is really good. Uh, shark, I think also, I think the fact, the way, like, we know since Season 3 has come out that scoring was more powerful. And yes. Fish take advantage of that. And Shark took advantage of that. Yes, they made him less powerful, but which just means that he can't play into every matchup um, because he no longer can do everything he needs. But you could still play Corsair a lot, do really well with all the Corsair things you were doing, um, and then still also play Shark when you need to play Shark, like on those matchups where Corsair isn't good. Because, I mean, great example. I think Masons versus Fish is a really interesting matchup because I still and um, I have continued to have evidence that Hammer smashes Corsair uh, pretty bad. That said, Shark versus Hammer is a really toss-up game. Um, yes. Well, I mean, obviously when Shark had gotten string, it was like literally the worst for Hammer. Yeah. But now it's just a game. Um, but it is still a game. So Fish are in a good place because they have two... One very strong captain, objectively. One captain who still has this is the best at this gameplay that we know is good in this game scoring goals um so he will always be good you just can't throw him into every single thing and just be like i'm just gonna score three goals and you don't get to play the game um now you actually have to play the game so you don't always play him but um still fantastic and then masons uh as discussed everything you said is true i've talked about masons a lot they're really good um (laughs) Literally, the I think the most challenging matchup for them, based on what it was, um, Smoke Alchemist. Oh, don't, super- don't you say that. Huh? That's crazy, because well, I put them in Tier 1. Hmm. Yeah, but I think, like I said, I think... Um, yes, so Al- th- that list is good into Masons, but I wouldn't necessarily think it's good into... It's definitely not good into Farmers. So, like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got Midas for Shut up. Whatever, man. <laughs> um... Anyway, so I, I mean, I, that was mainly also my lineup when I played it. I think I think it's I think I have a better idea of, of how it would look now. But so yeah, the biggest weakness for Masons is you know they are susceptible to being controlled. That said, I think they can still pull through. They'll, sure. they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are yours. Boom! Flame us on the Discord. GB Discord. You just mention all of our names and just just or, put us on blast. Or Facebook, or, yeah. 
put all messages to Michael Klein. Anyways, uh, next question. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through these quick now. Um, Phil from Gilball tonight asked us, "Why didn't you listen when we said podcasting was a mistake?" I don't know who he said by we. Um, he's the only one who said it. But I, like I told him on the Discord, I think he makes a mistake that that we actually listened to him on the podcast. I only listened to Bill on Gilball. Um, Got him. Just fast forward right through. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Excellent. I didn't listen because I'm a rebel. There you go. Um, next question. <laughs> next question. Um, when am I going to visit New Zealand? Uh, when? When I have money to do so. I like New Zealand. It sounds good. Talk. Like a cool place. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> these are these are great questions. Um, Love do, do, do when you draft a team. All right. This is our last one because this is. This is actually one where we have to think. When you draft oh, a team, shoot. are you actively trying to deny your opponent his win condition or promote your own, which you do more often, and explain why? Go. Chris, go. Okay, uh, I think it's very dependent on your team. So, for example, in my fish, I'm more looking for how I can... Uh, actively promote my own win condition, whether I'm picking Grayscales or Sakana, depending on how much armor they have and one-inch melee, um, and how much, like, influence I spend, plan on spending in a turn. Um, whether I'm picking Jack or Kraken based on whether it's Corsair or, uh, Shark. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Siren, she kind of, like, actively hinders the opponent when it's Morticians or Corsair because of Beautiful, but otherwise, like, she's just an all-around great pick. Um, but when I was playing the Brewers, uh, it was kind of like a, um... You would have to factor in what your opponent's plans are so that you can force them to go into your zone and fight on your terms. So I think it really depends on what team you're playing. Okay. Uh, Mike, do you want me to go, or do you want to go? Or? Go for it. Nine times out of ten, there's a core four. Typically, it's a captain, their mascot, and their two buddies um, that are just the synergy. Um, and then for me, there's typically uh, two flex. That depends on the matchup. So uh, I, I guess I would say I go half and half. Uh, the captain and the mascot are just going to get picked either way. And then there's two to promote my, uh, my winning strategy and two to disrupt your winning strategy. So it's either uh, something you can't take advantage of or something that will uh, muck up your plans. And for me, I think promote my own most often. It obviously does depend on the team. Um, But I don't think I'm... Maybe one slot would be like a lap in certain teams would be something where it's like, okay, this is really good against... I guess, like, an example would be Compound. It's like, oh, okay, Compound's good against teams that have somebody who wants to dive in bottom of one, especially if that person also necess- might want to score a goal. Um, so those teams, like, there, there are situations where models like that, especially, like, goalkeeper models, etc., uh, could be uh, denying your opponent their win condition. But the vast majority of drafting is going towards my own um wing condition yeah getting the models that i want to get to do the things that i want to do 
Um, I think it's more the most denying that I'm th- and I'm thinking from an engineer's mindset right now would mm-hmm. be captains where I think they could deny me some of my wing condition if I chose. Um, like for example, pin vice where it's a this is a you know a cap a team or a captain or what he has models that will be really difficult for me to get the ball off of. So I should probably play ballista so I can get get the ball off or play the other, you know, the game where I don't rely on the ball as much. Um, a good example of this is um, I would probably not pick um, Pinvice into, into Brewers the majority of the time because they play MASH and then I'm suddenly not in a great spot um, nope. for my win condition. So they've denied me quite well. Uh, instead, I can kind of deny their denial by deny their gameplay by playing um, Ballista. But I don't know if that's also promoting my own. I, I guess sometimes your own win condition is denial. So, uh, so it kind of goes together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think a really yes. good example, really quick, of a core four that I'm mentioning is a Union. Um, I think uh, Vet Rage, Strongbox, uh, Mist, and Benediction, you can't really go wrong with them. Um, you know, you get your, your, your striker, your ball killer, your killie captain, and his super sweet mascot, and then they can kind of bring whatever they want. But then again, Union can be a really easy example because they're just really good at what they do. Excellent. I agree with that. Boom. Boom. Uh, real quick before we finish out, there are some upcoming events that I'd like to just get a quick word out there for anybody who's not familiar or just encourage um, that some that will be going to, some that um, I know a lot of people are. So, big ones upcoming. Captain Con uh, mm-hmm. February 3rd. That sounds it's like, like a month away. Weekend. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that would be really good. Captain Con's an awesome convention uh, up in Rhode Island. Super cheap. And Yep, cheap. Uh, good times. Good people organizing it. Sound sounded like there would be a lot of people there based on uh, the hearsay I've heard from you know various. There was a good crowd last year. Well, there was a great crowd last year. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, and I yeah. think it's I've heard more people, especially after last year, and how good of a crowd it was. More people wanting to attend, so that should be good. I'll be there. Riker will be there. Dan yep. will be there. And Chris? Question? No, man? that's like a twelve-hour drive. I'm not. I uh, yeah. Not happening. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Chris is quitting on you. Oh, just, man. Just can't do it. Gotta start a GoFundMe? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kickstart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And then after that, there are two other big events that are coming up on the Eastern Seaboard. One is the uh, old Jake Howsit. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> um, Better than I, I'd say it. <laughs> uh, it's down in South Carolina. Uh the Rage Quit Wire guys are not running it, but are have promoted it. It's their neck of the woods, if you listen to that podcast. Um, and they have a really good turnout, so I think they have like 30 people signed up, which is great. Jesus. I'm pretty sure Jared uh, McGraw is going down there. Oh, did uh, I will not be, because it runs very close to one of the other events that we're about to mention. Um, but I do wish him luck. That'd be great. Uh, next time, maybe a little bit, we'll hopefully have a little bit more separation between big East coast, uh, seaboard events, but you know, glad, yeah, that, glad that we can have it. Yep. 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 
And the uh, last one. And the last one is the Spring Fling, uh, April 28th and 29th, I think, uh, in Ashburn, Virginia, run by Bill Anderson. I think we're up to 30 people now, which is mm-hmm. halfway, I think he said, or yeah, close to halfway. halfway. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's kept it at 64, 64 I think. Oh, he did 64. Okay. Yeah. So a little under halfway. Um, in, that should be really good. Bill run events are great. Uh, let's make it super big. So I hope you to to sign up i think it'll be a really good i mean it's only january he's already halfway full so i'm I'm hopeful that'd be really cool there's another one i was going to mention that you guys didn't because it's not really on your eastern seaboard but the bourbon trail open march 10th i believe that has consistently been a large event uh that i've went to both years and it's been a great time um I'm not sure what's happening this year specifically, but last year it was held at a bourbon distillery, and is yeah, it's I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely well, I heard really good things. To go to as well. Uh, I don't think I will be able to, but it's mainly because I will probably be in Mexico, which is where I'm currently recording from right now. Uh, that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Casual, humble brag. All right, uh, I think that sounds like an episode. Yeah, it does. Thank you again to everybody from the Discord for the awesome questions. Really appreciate it. And, yep. uh, yeah. Mike, you want to take right. us out? As, as, as always, uh, follow us on Facebook, comment, post. Um, let us know how things are. Hopefully the audio quality seems like it uh, has been better so far. I will confirm that while I edit. Slave yeah. away. Um, but at least my mic is not. doesn't look like it's cutting out. So uh, let me know. Uh, let us know how the episode is, your feedback, quality content, or uh, audio quality content, or whatever, um, or just, you know, uh, just stay, say hi. Uh, so you can... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you man, can... maybe say hi, maybe stick around. Maybe. Just, I don't know. just make me feel good, alright? Um, <laughs> so you could yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Podbean, uh, all that stuff. Cool. <laughs> alright, good all right, night, everybody. Good night. Night.